0: Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 156 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Eric Count Basie Walquist, and joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is the other host of the show. His name is. I am Jesse, your boon, your your son and your stars, Wilson. <laughs> Great.
1: I accidentally did uh, your boon, mm. which is the female version.
0: Oops. Well, Fre-
1: Freudian slip there. Yep. In the old Dothraki tongue, as it were.
0: This is a very special episode of the Personal Ergents Podcast, (laughs) where Jesse explores parts of himself that he didn't realize were there. Uh, Starting off... Physically and emotionally. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, how was your week? Good. Went camping this weekend. Yeah, you're camping full, man.
1: I know. I'm trying to get five trips before the end of summer, Mm. which uh, a Washington summer is a pretty narrow window.
0: Well, that's what I'm gonna. That's what I was gonna ask. Are you talking like till the end of, of September?
1: Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah, uh, until it gets too cold to realistically go camping. Well, it's
0: getting there. Today it started clouding up.
1: Yeah, actually, here in Port Townsend, the fog did not rise at all today. It was
0: spooky. Oh, it was it's very like a,
1: autumnal.
0: It's like a Stephen King novel.
1: Yeah, and there are a bunch of uh, spider webs on the forklift this morning with like dew droplets on them. It was kind of spooky.
0: Wow, it was, that like, is a haunted forklift. That is the thing about Seattle summer is like spiders, man. Yeah, Spider City. Spiders everywhere. Um, I had a I had a pretty good week as well. Uh, my softball team is in the playoffs and we won our first game.
1: Jeez, congratulations! Literally you really
0: turned this team around, Eric. I know. What can I say? Uh, I'm like Emilio Estevez. Uh. <laughs> But the thing is, like, I have never been on a winning team ever. Like when I was in school, I played basketball, I was on a baseball team, never ever on a winning team, never been to the playoffs in my whole life, let alone win a playoff game. So You went
1: to uh excuse me, you went to state for knowledge bowl.
0: <laughs> That's true. I went to state twice for knowledge bowl, sir. But uh but I don't really count that as a as a sport. I'm talking about physicality, bro. Okay. Um, but probably the best part about this softball team is that Lydia and I found a game couple uh, that we can oh, play board cool. games with. Yeah. Yeah. Like we met up last week, we played some board games and then they were like, Hey Eric, do you have Puerto Rico? Or do you know and how to like, play that? Do I? They're, they're like, Oh, I bought that and I don't know how to play it. I'm like, Holy crap. Nice. You guys are perfect. Yeah. Never change. That's hard. Yeah.
1: It's, <laughs> it's hard to find that.
0: It is. Like these when people you enter
1: the stage of your life. And you just kind of meet people. But it's weird to, like, it's easier to ask a girl out on a date than to, like, (laughs) ask to hang out with someone as a
0: friend. Especially in Seattle. Like, there is a, this is, like, a known stigma of the city is that people, like, really cocoon. And they, like, get in their little groups and they do not meet other people. Yeah. And, you know, get on on the internet and then join a softball team from people you meet on the internet. And then all of a sudden you know more people.
1: (laughs) Actually, last Thursday I went to... um, uh, a guy's house and played board games uh-huh. with uh, three complete
0: strangers and had a blast there you go man but board games make the heart grow stronger
1: yeah play pandemic which i've decided i don't like
0: i hate that game i've never liked it
1: yeah i gave it another shot and i, I just don't like it i don't find it fun i played uh, yeah we played like a three-player game of settlers yeah. of Catan before the fourth guy showed up yeah i loved it one i smoked them uh-huh. And uh, 2. So, I mean, that makes me have more fun. But 2, I just like competitive games. I mean, I'll I'll play Arkham Horror because that's like its own beast. Right. I almost don't consider that a co-op. That's almost like, I don't know. You're yeah. kind of doing your own you ha- thing that's... in a world together, but.
0: Well, that's what you want in a co-op, though. That's why I like Flashpoint so much is that. You don't really have time to worry about other people's shit. In <laughs> yeah. pandemic, it's so easy for somebody to just like take over the game and say, "You're doing that. You're doing that. You're doing that." This is what you do. It. This right. is how we win the game.
1: The you, board game quarterback. Is yeah, the
0: board. exactly. You want a game. You want a board game where you can make your own decisions, but you're also not playing compet- competitively against the other people. And the thing I love about Arkham Horror, and uh, also to a certain spe- extent in Flashpoint, is that you do something, and all of a sudden, it's really heroic. Yeah, that's true. You know? and people like cheer you on. Yeah, you, like you pull out something that you probably shouldn't have pulled out, and then all of a sudden you're the hero. <laughs>
1: yeah, that said, I still like I like being a competitive game.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm I'm there, but that's what Magic's for for me.
1: Mm. See, also, I, I got Agricola. Agricola is yeah. almost like um, you, like you're playing this. It's it's similar in that. You're playing the same game, and your interaction with the other person isn't necessarily direct. Yep. But there's still a winner when the dust settles.
0: Yeah, the, I've uh, the thing about Agricola is that it gets less fun the more you're playing against experienced players, and I guess that's probably the thing about any unlike <laughs> like magic. Game. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a thing you know. I listened to the uh, to the Mark Rosewater podcast. He's like the guy who makes magic. He's he's the director of of all the cards and stuff anyway Is that uh, the
1: drive to work podcast yeah
0: the drive to work podcast he talks about like when you're designing a game you need to figure out how often an inexperienced player can beat an experienced player because right. if you're in a game situation where the experienced player will always beat the inexperienced player then it's really not a lot of fun. Indeed. You think Magic isn't that? I think Magic is a game where you can, if you're in like a draft format or even a constructed format, a limited constructed format, you can still pull out a victory. At least you can at least win one game against uh, against another guy. There's still the luck of the cards there.
1: I don't know, man. Like when I play against real seasoned vets who have like been playing Mm -hmm. since the original set and never stopped. Like yeah. there's no winning for me.
0: Yeah, but you're still not going to lose a hundred percent of the games. Yeah, if it's that's a straight a good up point. limited format. Like I, I can understand if they've constructed this crazy deck that they know how to play with. That's a different story. But if it's well, a no, limited I mean, format, all,
1: even in limited formats, are going to win ninety percent of the games.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's for a lot, some games. That's a good ratio is nine out of ten. <laughs> but in other games, like I feel like Agricola you have, like, an extremely severe advantage if you're an experienced player.
1: I I feel like in Agricola, the learning curve is such that if you suffer through two defeats, your third game, you have a really good chance of winning.
0: Yeah. I don't know. There's just a lot of moving parts. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like, we love Arkham Horror, so that's, like, the most moving parts of any game. but
1: Except perhaps Magic.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There are a lot of moving parts, but... um... Yeah, I agree Clyde on him. Anyway, let's let's move on. I'm just excited. Oh, also I got this game Smash Up, which right. I really enjoy. It's a good it's a good light light card game that is pretty fun to play. Uh but it can get a little bogged down in the middle. But the beginning's fun and the ending's fun. I think the ending makes up for the middle. Mm. Regardless, let's do some listener feedback. But before we do, Jesse quickly, what are you drinking this week?
1: Um, I'm just finishing up a uh, glass of uh, Flemish Kiss by the Commons, uh-huh. which was briefly holding my number one beer of all time slot. But I, I feel like this batch is not quite as good. It's a little more uh-huh. estry and it has that kind of like uh, Belgian yeast can kind of have a characteristic like bananas and bubblegum flavor. Yeah, Totally. And it's coming through really strong in this batch, but still loving it. World-class beer for sure.
0: Excellent. I'm drinking the Audible Ale this week from Red Hook. I know you think this one's too sweet, but I love it. It goes down yeah. easy. Yeah,
1: dude, that beer is just not for me. I don't know what it is.
0: I like it. It's it's a little, uh, you know, it's nice 4.7, so it'll get you cooking, and it tastes, I like the taste. I had
1: a beer today yep. um, on draft, the Berliner Weiss by The Brewery uh-huh. out of, I think they're out of California, California or Oregon. Oh man, it was tits on ice. It was so good. <laughs> and it was like a 3.7, super dry, super tart. Yeah. And just yummy,
0: yummy. Excellent. Who should we dedicate this podcast to? I have a dedication. Who? Uh to my favorite Seahawk. Oh no. Uh
1: pro bowl veteran. Yep. Uh, I I say Ring of Honor uh, nominee in my heart.
0: Future Ring of Honor member,
1: uh, number thirty three, who I'm betting oh. uh, Leon uh, Pete Carroll, which was on the roster right now, Leon Washington,
0: return some kicks maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe to return some kicks because our pretty boy Percy Harvin. Double agent is yep. out for the season.
0: The $63 million man. He said yeah. he's out for a sizable amount of playing time.
1: They say three to four months, but right? I mean that's – He could be back for the playoffs. Uh, yeah, if, if is, we make it without Lee Wah.
0: That is a great scenario. I think that the team is talented enough. The team is basically the same team that they had last year. Team's yeah, talented enough. you got
1: Chris Clemens on injured reserve, Zach Miller – uh, Sidney Rice is getting some
0: experimental procedure done on his knee in Switzerland right now. He's always injured though. Is Zach Miller on injured reserve? Yeah, he is. So he's out for the season. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm
1: actually I'm not sure what injured reserve means, but
0: oh, injured reserve <laughs> means you're out for the season. They put you on in oh, injured sorry. reserve no, and you no, can't no, play no, no. anymore.
1: He's, he's just not he's, not. he's not. He's not able to practice. Okay.
0: So I'm not well. sure what his. It's still diagnosis. early. If the Seahawks make the playoffs and then you throw a Percy Harvin in the mix for the playoffs, that's a great mix because then people can't, can't uh, adjust to that. Because it's, it's great to shake up your team. Shake it up. Yep. Right during playoffs. It is. I, I don't know. I All don't right. like it. Hey, man. I
1: feel like, I feel like uh, the Minnesota Vikings knew exactly what they're doing. We're playing <laughs> them this year. They stuck us with a lemon. And like I, I, as I like to say, uh, free agents are double agents.
0: Well, what do you they into? got
1: us? They burned us with those <laughs> sneaky uh characteristic Viking tactics.
0: We have like the Vikings are basically the Seahawks now. We have their offensive coordinator, Sidney Rice, Percy Harvin. <laughs> uh and we had oh and we have Tavares Jackson as well. <laughs> so like the yeah, the Vikings of a few years ago are now the Seahawks.
1: Was Jackson a Viking?
0: Oh yeah. He uh he took over after Brett Favre, but he was on that team that went oh, to the NFC right. championship yeah, game did. against the Saints. I didn't know that. There you go. Well, now you know. All right, let's get to some listener feedback this week. Uh, got a call from Maine, so you know who that is. <laughs> it's time for some Joseph Arigal. It's
1: not a little plumber.
0: Uh huh.
2: Hey guys, what's going on? It's Josh from Maine checking in. Uh, so last week I misquoted Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, I had a lot of allergy meds and cold meds in me, so when I when I get like that, I have a tendency to misquote people. Anyway, um, so a couple weeks ago, I talked about fantasy football and said that I was going to draft Drew Grees in my league with my buddies. And you guys questioned that. Well, we have a two-quarterback league where you can start to, and our point structure is so pretty much makes it so the quarterbacks are the highest scoring players. So that's why I'm going to go with two quarterbacks. Um, but I, I love how different leagues are, are, are different, and you have to use different strategies. So pretty much I'm looking forward to this 18-team league. I think it's going to be... Uh, pretty challenging, uh, but it's gonna be fun. Uh, anyway, uh, so my, my main topic here, and this is something that I was thinking about when I was reading about a remake of one of my favorite movies of all time, Logan's Run. Uh, it's gonna be written, I think it's probably the screenplay, is gonna be done by the guy who did Bioshock. And I was thinking that that's pretty cool. I started to think about, like, does that really need to be redone? Sorry. Like, what can they do to make it better? pretty much the story is going to stay the same. But what really, really draws me to that movie is that that mid to late 70s kind of sci-fi futuristic feel with the costumes and the sets and stuff like that. And that's really what what draws me to it. It's what I remember. It got me thinking about, is there a movie, a game, or a TV show that a remake would really make it a whole lot better? And I not just talking about special effects. I mean, could you have uh, have something that, you could really kind of improve on the story with different actors, with with the special effects, with CGI, um, and not just make it into Transformers. Um, so I couldn't I couldn't think of any movies that really could be made better because the classics are classics because of the story, and when you get into really hopping them up with with um, CGI stuff, it really kind of takes away. But I was thinking about Alf, the show that was on in the '80s. I really think that you could redo Alf. That was and, a masterpiece. And it could be funny, and it could be cool. <laughs> anyway, guys, that's just my thought. I'd love to hear what you guys think about remakes. Um, anyway, I'm looking forward to fantasy football. I'm a little bummed you guys aren't going to the beer, board game, and babes format, but that's your choice. <laughs> anyway, uh, stay arrogant and get off my back.
0: Get off my Scott Bakula, Josh. Get off my backs. Um, first of all, babes <laughs> format, this still jury's, the jury's still out on that. Who's the hot babe of the week, Eric? <laughs> uh, the other uh, other stuff. First of all, Fantasy Football League, guys, get excited. This podcast is getting released on Thursday. Friday at noon Pacific time, we will be releasing the link to our Fantasy Football League on Facebook. On our Facebook page, Personal Arrogance on Facebook. Uh, we will be releasing the link. There are only 14 slots available because it's an 18-team league You've got Jesse, you've got me, plus you've got Jim Jones and Aaron all on this league. So get excited, guys. It's going to be a crazy format. It's seven players starting, three reserve, no injured reserve. Uh, It's going to be a really, really fun uh, league. I think there's going to be a lot of trades. I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff going on. So um, get excited about that. Friday at noon Pacific time, we will be releasing the link. So get in while you can. First come, first serve. Second of all, remakes, man. Any remakes come to mind for you? Uh, there's actually a show that I
1: used to watch on the History Channel after school that uh-huh. I really, really liked, and I think you could make like a really cool, uh, gritty HBO miniseries based off of it. And this show was called The Black Sheep squ- Squadron. Uh huh. Have you ever heard about this? No. It's a true, um, true story of a Tacoma boy oh. who, uh, actually was a man by the time anything interesting starts happening, but, uh, he's a UW grad, actually, and, uh, he was a army, uh, not army, a marine pilot in the Pacific during, uh, World War Two. and basically what they did is, like, when there were other pilots from different uh, detachments or whatever, um, that were acting up and having disciplinary problems, they would, uh, send them over to him because he was pretty good at getting these, uh, you know, young, hot shot, hot headed Marine pilots and getting them actually working together as a team. And a lot of them became like combat aces and really distinguished pilots. And uh, I think you could make a pretty cool like eight part miniseries based on that.
0: Yeah, that sounds cool. So that's just and the thing is, that's just real, right? That's just a documentary.
1: Well, no, they made a TV show about it. It was like a drama. Oh, Yeah. And it was all in. It was like all in black and white. It was an old show. I think they made it in like the fifties or sixties. Oh. I looked this up, but um, so like their combat scenes were all done with like <laughs> it'd be great because it'd be like it'd be shot with whatever was the current camera of the time. Mm-hmm. All the you know narration and stuff, and then like the planes taking off, and then for the actual combat scenes, it would it would like transition to like this gritty, <laughs> you know, jarry kind of. Uh, things that was like actual combat footage from the oh, day, yeah. yeah. So it was like real, r- real stuff. It looked really bad because like suddenly you're like totally right. whipped out of it. Like, oh, okay, now I'm just watching an actual like zero get shot down.
0: These this, these effects look real. That <laughs> yeah, that dead guy part. looks like, so real. <laughs> it
1: is it is weird to just be like watching the show right. and like being all into it, and then be like, I'm pretty sure I just watched a guy burn to death in a cockpit, right? That's excellent. That's
0: most of the History Channel, though. It <laughs> yeah. Used to be. Now it's UFOs. <laughs> I was. I, I have a couple of these. I've been thinking about. Um, first one is uh, Captain Planet, which I've talked about before. I think 1976
1: it, to 78. By the way, excellent. I was a little off. Oh, uh,
0: Captain Planet. I think would be a great, great show uh, if you could. If you did it right, and that, this is something like Pacific Rim kind of got me into is like this idea of this multicultural force. And then the special effects are there where you could do a live-action Captain Planet. You're going to have to redesign the Captain, though, because green hair and blue skin is not going to fly in today's age. No, that's that's a bad luck. Yeah. It's red, blue skin, green hair, red outfit. (laughs)
1: That that would look great on my washed-out television screen.
0: Excellent. Uh, The other thing, now that the Oculus Rift is out, I think somebody has to do a port of Duck Hunt. But in full three D with your head moving around and like That's a really good idea. Yeah. I think well, that would be I, awesome. I,
1: I mean in what would you do duck hunt or is this gonna be the domain of Big Buck Hunter? No, it'll be all eight
0: bit. Oh one hundred percent eight bit.
1: I think that could I feel like being in a 3D world that's actually made up of 8-bit and yeah. this dimension and depth and stuff would be enough to fragment your mind and send you to some, like, cataclysmic horror cycle that you couldn't possibly return from. This
0: is a little – this is something that, like, I don't think people have been talking about with the Oculus Rift. And, you know, hopefully we'll be able to try it because um, they were at PAX Australia, so I'm assuming they'll be at PAX. And we got our media no, badges they in all hand. sunk
1: on the way right, back.
0: right. Uh, so a Japanese submarine. We'll we'll definitely do some coverage of of Oculus Rift. Uh, that's kind of my number one thing I want to try at PAX. Oh, um,
1: um, but we're gonna it, have to we're gonna have to deck you out for that line.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like it's gonna. I, I I just feel like it's going to really kind of freak me out the first time I do it. Like every time somebody puts it on, they're like, "Holy crap!" Like, yeah. I don't know what it's going to be like to be in a fully immersive three D world.
1: I could have one of those uh, Uncanny Valley experiences, Mm -hmm. I think.
0: Yeah, I think this is the opportunity for the Uncanny Valley to happen. Josh, thanks for your call. And uh, once again, guys, fantasy football coming up soon. Uh, Up next, uh, we got another call this week. It's from our good friend JR in Philly. You know him. You love him. He beers it up. Uh, Here's his call this week. Hey, what's
3: up, guys? It's JR from Philly. And listen, I've got a lot of things to get to this week. So, I'm just going to dive right in. First, I have another article to share for you uh, out of the DailyMeal.com. They rated the 25 best craft breweries in America. So, how did they get to 25? They consulted with some of the country's, quote, leading craft beer experts. I don't know. Did you get a call about this? Because I didn't. But anyway, they found some people to narrow down the 2,538 craft breweries down to 72 nominees and then uh, readers of their site voted uh 11,500 votes and so they narrowed this list down five cigar city what four founders three boulevard brewing company two stone very nice and number mm-hmm. one they have dogfish head what? So I like what these guys were talking about in the article. They said there's a difference between what's called the best and beers that are beloved. So uh, they talk about the subjectiveness of craft mm-hmm. beer. And there's certain breweries that operate at the intersection of best and beloved. So they're interviewing this guy, Tristan Chan, from Porch Drinking. Uh, and he says, when you're narrowing these beers down you have to have solid flagships interesting new styles and seasonal beers as well as the business of design marketing and fan base building Uh, and that's an an interesting Mm. point because sometimes you look at a bottle with a really slick label and you're like oh that can't be good they're just throwing all their money at marketing but um (laughs) good point there and he also (laughs) says the craft beer movement has forced breweries to step up and I don't uh, think we're anywhere near over-saturation. Craft beer doesn't get enough credit for innovation and reinventing uh, beers, and they're doing that every day, and it's impossible to be bored. Good point. He also said nobody gets into the craft brewing business for the money. <laughs> also valid point. <laughs> Despite the long hours, brewing work, and task of starting a business from the ground up, these guys do it to make you a better beer. Very nice little article there. So anyways, a couple of the other things I was thinking about for this week. Eric, why do you not know like wheat beers? <laughs> wheat beers are like the most accessible beers that everybody likes. Even yeah. people that are just dipping their toe into the craft beer pool. You just answered your own question. Wheat beers. Is that why you don't like them? You need to explain this to me. I don't understand. Some of my favorite beers are wheat beers. And I also want to tell you, they had a Deschutes tasting out here. Oh. And I guess Des- Deschutes has just gotten regional distribution in the greater Philadelphia area. Mm. So around, I guess, <laughs> November, you're going to start to Thanks see it to more Eric. and more mm-hmm. on the East Coast area mm-hmm. coming out of Philly. And so I was really excited by that because everything I tried down the whole sampler was awesome. I really like the white IPA. Uh, and their porter uh, was also really excellent. So I'm very excited for the shoots. I'm very excited for the West Coast beers. And I thought I'd finish off this week by asking you a little video game question. What kind of pants do the Mario Brothers wear? Denim, denim, denim. (laughs) That's all I got for this week. Get off my backs.
0: Later. Get off all my backs. Get off uh, two of my three backs. Get off four of my six. (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah I, I what do you think about our list dude?
1: Uh I don't know Talk the Mr. whole list yeah, thing. Listening. I'm not a fan of lists. Yeah. I yep. uh I went on beer advocate the other day for the first time in like 6 months and like barfed in my mouth. Yep. I just I don't think we need to be ranking things. I don't think that like I don't know that you can say that dogfish head is better than stone or right. that one is better than the other they do different things they achieve different goals they have different agendas and different um you know plans yep. and i i kind of like the uh, belgian mindset when it comes to beer and i think we as american consumers can learn a lot from the belgians yep. They've, they they des- just they despise styles they'll if you ask them to like can you define the styles of a lambic they'll be like no <laughs> i can't do that or Define a Saison uh, uh, they're like, well, it could be any number of these things and you take this beer as a Saison, take this beer. It's also a Saison. They're completely different beers. So I think as Americans, we have a tendency to want to classify things as the best and put them in competitions and have gold awards and silver awards and all that. Whereas really we should just be appreciating the beer for what it is.
0: Yeah. T- that's kind of my – Seriously, egg. tell me how you really feel.
1: Uh, I just want to be number one so bad and I'm jealous.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean like I, I don't agree that Dog, Dogfish Head is like the best brewery in the world. But everybody should have their own best brewery. I don't need somebody yeah, else to tell me what believe. my favorite
1: brewery is. And as soon as you narrow it down to 72 and then open it up to yeah. your readers, then you'd have piling on. Then you have mob mentality. Right. Then you have the
0: marketing for votes. Yeah,
1: and it it kind of – it kind of goes out the window at that point.
0: Word up, yo. Uh, also, great joke. JR, we love you. JR is we, – we've been blowing up lately with this beer exchange. I opened up a can of worms with this thing. Actually, John I, O'Brien opened up a can of worms with this thing. Yeah, he's, you, you sent him a pretty bad beer if he opened up a can of worms. Well, it is a – it's a, an acquired taste. But uh, I we're actually starting to think about how we can figure this out in a legal and efficient way to – set up a beer network around the United States. Based I don't on think it should
1: records. be too hard. There's already a, a robust beer swap community on Reddit. Like, yeah. So I'm, I, I'm pretty I, sure we could do our own thing. I, I kind of want to do like a, a periodical secret Santa. Maybe it's yeah. once every three months or something.
0: Beer crit Santa.
1: <laughs> we'll work on the name.
0: Yep. <laughs> I yeah I mean we're getting this stuff from all over the place. So uh so yeah we we'd love to we'd love to set up a beer exchange. Um also John O'Brien your stuff is on the way. Um all right, let's let's do a little tiny Matt of roll off and get this show on the road. What do you say? I say it's about damn time. We're each going to roll 20-sided dice See who gets to talk first on the podcast this week. And here we go. I rolled a 20. God damn it.
1: <laughs> two weeks in a row. Tell me you rolled a one.
0: I rolled a 14.
1: Oh. I thought it was all right. a solid roll i uh i'm establishing a uh a that's dynasty two
0: twenties in a row
1: is pretty crazy yeah that's a one in four hundred all right <laughs> so,
0: uh, <laughs> go four
1: hundred episodes from now I can expect to do it again uh-huh. so my first topic is the second rise of facebook mm-hmm. uh, Maya, a possible Maya culpa from the personal Ericas podcast Actually. so on wednesday morning uh facebook's uh stock uh made it to an important point for them yep. And they were trading above $38 a share which is uh the initial asking price for Facebook right. stock yep. um it's they first started selling shares in May 2012 and when we brought it up we were like do not buy there's no way it's worth that <laughs> and we were immediately um gratified yeah gratified we were we were we were on the right side of history there Word. as the, the the stock dipped really low to like $15 or something yep but um they finally climbed back above their $38 a share uh level for a brief second and then ended at 3680. So it does seem like they the company is back on the path to uh financial success, I guess. Uh-huh. as, as a public um publicly traded Entity. So I thought maybe we could talk about the status of Facebook. It's weird to talk about it because Facebook, we all know that Facebook is lame. Right. But we use it. I use Facebook every day. Like we use it for our podcast a lot. That's Mm -hmm. how we get, you know, feedback from you. And it would be weird to live in a world where like if Facebook had just failed and then gone bankrupt. Oh, yeah. I that mean, would have created like this massive social networking vacuum.
0: Absolutely. Well, something would have come into fill its place. I mean, Certainly. Facebook is the beer, but it's like the bad version of beer. Like I just hate it. It's the Coors Light, and yet I do it every day. <laughs> yeah, it's like, exactly. and. I I can't not do it. I just do it every day. It's it's extremely habitual at this point. I got my Facebook account nine years ago.
1: Yeah, I was looking at that back when I started, and I was like, oh my
0: god, I've been doing this for a long time. I've almost had a decade of my life on Facebook. How fucking insane is that?
1: That's over a third of your life. Think about that.
0: Dude, Mark Zuckerberg is licking his chops at the information, the juicy info that I have from June of 2005. (laughs) <laughs> yes. stored on my Facebook page.
1: So is the NSA.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, they already know.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, except maybe not. Maybe you cleverly hit it in plain sight.
0: That's true. You're I too hit-
1: busy uh, <laughs> tapping your phone where your true terrorist secrets are on your Facebook page from 2005.
0: Yeah. I just named the album PAX 2010. And they're like, I'm not going anywhere near that. <laughs>
1: that's a deep, that deep is cut full of terrorist too secrets. Too deep.
0: Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I mean Facebook is – I think the number one thing though, I mean, is that they're making a lot of profit off of advertisements.
1: Exactly. They're making advertising and uh, the new – their new advertising agenda is that they're planning to sell uh, TV-style commercials as they call it Mm. uh, for as much as $2.5 million a day.
0: That makes sense, dude. I am just gonna I'm actually have Facebook open right now. I'm gonna scroll down and see how long it takes for me to hit an ad. Now I've got T Fury on the top, but T Fury is this page that I subscribe to. So well, I got not, ads
1: on the right. I'm I, have, not I counting keep life improvement it. and uh camera memory cards.
0: I got swimwear up to fifty percent off and then MS in bioinformatics. Hmm. Networked for life. Uh, but if I'm scrolling down my actual news feed, oh here it is, second post down. From Metro PCS, it's a suggested page. Like no other annual contract, nationwide 4G, all the speed you need for forty dollars. Period. Metro PCS.
1: Yeah, I have a Budweiser ad. No time. Which is exceptionally offensive to me.
0: Well, the other thing they did is they took all of your things that were in your interest lists. Yeah. And then they turned those into ads, basically. Yeah. So like it's this is this is my list. I'm gonna go down the line here and see how how far I have to get to hit an actual personal p- Facebook post. Uh, <laughs> we got T Fury number one. We got Metro PCS number two. We got Jeopardy number three. Congratulations <laughs> to Skylar Hornback who set a Jeopardy Kids Week record today. Watch the video to see how it happened. Uh Jeopardy number four, Film, number five, Polygon number six, Conan O'Brien prevent- presents number seven, Bald Move. <laughs> what and then, a bunch of assholes. And then finally, number eight, Mitchell Netzer. So it took eight posts to get to an actual personal Facebook post. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, from this article I was reading, they're saying that the average is like, as far as just, you know, ads, like mm-hmm. hard ads, like they paid, it's not in your interest or anything. They paid to get this in your deal. It's like one in 20. Yeah. But I want to... Do you think that uh, this TV-style commercial? Because I'm guessing what they're going to do is they're going to force you to watch a commercial before you can access your deal.
0: Okay, um, that—that's just my I guess. I don't think that's true. I think they'll probably start off with the model they have now, where you just click on the commercial. Because if I'm looking at these, Jeopardy is a video, uh, Polygon is a video, Conan O'Brien's a video. Like they have video content that they—they're already using to advertise for this stuff.
1: Yeah, but if they're gonna pay two point five million dollars a day. They're gonna force you to watch it mm. if that's what the asking price is gonna be. Yeah. I think it's gonna be like a YouTube sort of scenario. Yeah, where it comes up, you have to watch, you know, at least five seconds of it, and then you can skip right. it.
0: I think it might be a thing where you click on, like, say, oh, here's a photo album. Uh, I'm gonna click on that on Mitch's barbecue, and then before I can watch, look at the picture of Mitch's barbecue, then I have to watch like a, a you know a thirty second ad for Verizon.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, th- that's basically the kind of scenario that yeah. I've laid out. Yeah. At some point, there's going to be a content wall that you're going to hit. You're going to have to go through an ad to progress. Yep. And, and you talk about how habitual this has gotten for you because mm-hmm. it is like a little drug. You, you log onto to your Facebook and you're like, I want to see that little red one. Oh, I yeah. I want to know like what, like, what that – I, you get an itch. You're like, right? It's been a while since I've been on Facebook. I want to scratch that itch. I want to see how many people have directly interacted with me or tagged me, added a photo of me, commented to me. You know, it's, it's a very mm-hmm. self indulgent yeah. experience. But you get like a little. At least I think you get a little like dopamine rush or something when oh, you yeah. see that because you're Absolutely. like, oh right, something's happening to me or I'm important.
0: Right, or what I said got recognized by somebody else. I mean, it's kind of the same thing you do with, like, your Reddit comments. But the the, the difference is, oh, is that— Oh, I don't
1: read those. Oh, Did you see that orange? <laughs> Mail <laughs> envelope, I'm like, oh, man, some asshole's going to tear me a new one. See, I usually— I fear let- the Reddit comments. What? Everyone's such a blowhard douchebag asshole on Reddit. <laughs> Here's the thing about Reddit is— 90- see, Wait a second. 95, 95% of the posts— you could just insert at the begin- beginning. Well, actually,
0: <laughs> Jesse. But if if everybody is the blowhard on Reddit, you are on Reddit. Yeah, but I don't participate. I'm I'm a lurker. Exactly. Right. 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 How many? It's- how much comment karma do you have? Like fifty.
1: Really? It's really low. I have a bunch of link uh, karma.
0: I'm sitting at five sixteen comment karma. I don't. I don't know. People. Could, people like what I say.
1: I could. I got a couple. Like. Uh, oh, I'm not even. See, I don't even log in anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, I. I. I look at it on my phone, so it's like auto logged in.
1: But the point of this whole like Facebook <laughs> anyway. ad ad wall thing, which is going to happen, is uh, how much of an inconvenience are you willing to sit through to scratch that itch, that uh, that right. compulsion you have to check your face. Facebook, because right. I don't really watch YouTube anymore. I'm kind of frustrated at the amount of ads.
0: And the thing that pisses me off about YouTube is when people have ads on videos that have like 35 views. <laughs> it's like you need to fucking earn your ad, bro.
1: Yeah, I hate the pop-up things where it's like, "Click here to subscribe." Please yeah. do it. LOL. Subscribe now. Subscribe for more videos. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I've I've hit that point on when it comes to YouTube where. I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to frequent that website because right. I find it more of an annoyance than yeah. a joy, I guess. So mm-hmm. I mean, at what point does the same thing happen to Facebook? On, on one hand, it's so deeply ingrained into us with like eight, nine years of
0: yeah, nearly uh, a
1: decade. Yeah, it's- going on a decade of using this and well, looking forward to seeing that little red deal, but on the other hand, like it could get fucking annoying.
0: I mean the difference is that like I have my gmail and I have I have like five emails on my phone I got my work email I got my gmail I got the personal arrogance email I got uh like two other emails I got a ton of emails, so I don't really like getting emails emails are yeah. a nuisance to me. I love the little red number though that pops up on my globe and my Facebook page yeah I know
1: and that's it's a I weird know. thing yeah. but and it's a it's a total you get a little rush out of it oh, i mean yeah. it's it's like hardwired into your uh into your psyche at this point. Right.
0: I, it's- I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for me to hate this thing, but I can't. I just can't, I <laughs> no, can't but quit. I, keep- I can't quit you, Facebook. I, keep I can't thinking quit you. I'm getting there, but. Yeah,
1: I know, me So, too. I mean, with that with that in mind, uh, do you think that buying Facebook stock is actually a pretty solid nope. uh, idea?
0: Nah. No. I, you know, I don't, uh, I've taken a, I've taken a look at my financials. Yeah. and i found that uh, just straight up investing in normal uh, full on uh things like like the dow or like nasdaq or spider are the most sound investments so just worry about that stuff and let them figure it out
1: yeah that did makes I, sense did i
0: just make it boring
1: no no i just i'm too <laughs> i'm too dumb for that
0: i learned that on frontline <laughs> um, no it makes sense i mean what are they always they're always like just buy uh gold well, yeah, gold – but gold will bust eventually, Ho- hopefully.
1: Uh, yeah, like, I mean that's a, that's an interesting question in and of itself is how long will gold – this <laughs> one <laughs> of many like metals that's soft and not even that useful except it has like electronic utilizations mm-hmm. and it's popular for jewelry. Like how long is that going to be like the dominant thing that we lust I over know. on
0: earth? Well, I mean it's only been what, 4,000 years? So, you know, it'll, it'll run its course eventually. Uh, I'm put all my money in savings and loans. I like to see one thing I like to use Facebook for is to prime my, my comments for Reddit. So <laughs> like one of my, one of my friends posted something about like the NHL in Seattle. And then I was, I like did a bunch of research and I was like, I can't believe that Seattle doesn't have an NHL team. And then, like, I did all this research, and then I got some good responses on Facebook, so then I posted it on Reddit, because today on the Seattle Reddit, somebody posted the same thing. So, let's check this out, Jesse. I say, it's insane that Seattle doesn't have the big four sports. Seattle is the 14th largest media market in the country. The 12th, 13th, and 15th largest markets, Miami, Detroit, and Phoenix, all have an MLB, NFL, NBA, and NHL team. I think the NHL and even the NBA know that they're missing out on a big opportunity by not having a team here. 14 upvotes, bro. 14 well, actually,
1: uh, <laughs> San Jose is uh, much bigger when you
0: consider its adjacency to uh, Sacramento. I, I actually got a couple of those posts that were like, well, you know, people just think it's too far away.
1: Well, actually, most people consider it a very isolated market. Geographically, it's the most isolated of the major media markets. <laughs>
0: Well, that's my Reddit person. That's your Reddit voice. Anyway, but meet your softball team there. You'll have some fun. <laughs> yeah, man, Facebook crazy shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's such a weird beast at this point. It, oh. It's so ubiquitous yet at the same time it's like no one pays for it, yet it makes all this money and it's <laughs> I don't know, it's
0: bizarre. Yep. Well, uh my first topic this week is going to have to do with our favorite thing, packs. Oh yes, yes. So PAX is coming up twenty nine days away from the recording of this podcast. Uh, so get used to hearing about it because we're going to talk about it. I love PAX so much; it's my Christmas, my New Year's, my Halloween, and my St. Patrick's Day all rolled in the one. And your wedding anniversary. Yeah, don't throw in Martin Luther King, MLK <laughs> Day. Day. I thought
1: Martin Luther, the original.
0: Yeah, Martin Luther Day and Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> do, they, do they have a Martin Luther Day in Germany? Oh, probably. They have one at PLU. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so PAX is coming up. And you know we want to make this PAX a great PAX. It's, first of all, it's the first PAX that's going to be four days long, which is crazy. Second of all, Jesse and I have, both have media badges for the first time in the history of our PAX experience, which is – which we've combined been to over 20 PAXs. So Yikes. it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I've almost spent over a month at PAX, a month of my life at PAX, which oh, I think man. is a great thing.
1: If I had a fucking time machine, that's what I would do. Yeah. Let's I would just a go to PAX for a month. Over and over.
0: Like, PAX 09 <laughs> was so good.
1: It'd be, cr- it'd be crazy to, like, relive, like, PAX 05. And be, like, just the stuff you got excited over, yeah. like... It'd be, it'd be different
0: somebody waited in line for 4 hours for Skyrim His name's Jesse it, Wilson
1: I didn't No, that's not how that happened. What? What happened? Dude, I was walking by the Skyrim line and they were closing it down mm. and it it was like the last group of people. I just uh I just like I think I talked to the dude yeah. and asked if I could get in line and he's like, "Sure." And it it turned out that uh I was one of the la- lucky last people to get in that day, so I waited like fifteen
0: minutes. You slithered in. I did. Like the well, true like, Slytherin I am exactly. You're a Hufflepuff. So, and I speaking Hufflepuff. of Slytherin, speaking of Hufflepuff, one of the biggest events of PAX on the on the PAX forums is the uh, Triwizard Drinking Tournament, which right. is a pub crawl that's based around uh, based around Harry Potter. I've never participated. I've never. I've signed up once, but I didn't participate. But the, I think the reason why I didn't participate is because, dude, we know beer. We know nerds. Yeah. We know PAX. Yeah. Why don't, we, why don't we do our own fucking pub crawl? The PAX pub pr- prowl. Exact. Pub prowl. So we've talked about this in the past, Jesse. So I want to take this opportunity. We've also – we're great planners. We planned weddings. We planned bachelor parties. Let's plan a fucking pub crawl. Plan a pub crawl. Right now I like it.
1: So, I mean, for PAX. so
0: uh, first of all, we, we kind of know the theme because we've talked about this before. And by the way, guys, I'm not just bullshitting here. We're going to plan this pub crawl and I'm going to post it on the PAX forums.
1: Okay. Well, okay? you know, we are great planners, Eric, but what we're bad at is follow through.
0: That's why I'm going to post this event like immediately on the PAX forums and then we're forced into it. Okay. And then Fair we can film it for our media coverage. So is this, this is Thursday night? So there's a question there. We could do it Thursday night. We could do it Friday night. We could do it Saturday night. I was kind of thinking Saturday because mm-hmm. I feel like Saturday is a nice lull. Yeah, like Saturday. Yeah, you've already night, gotten
1: your, uh...
0: yeah two full days of packs. Yeah, and you're looking for something to do Saturday night. Now Saturday night there's also usually some industry events, but most of those are on Friday night. Um, That's a
1: good point. But even yeah. if there are industry events, you could roll in with a furious thunder, like oh a, God. a ten thousand
0: rampaging Mongolians. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we've we've talked about this before. We have the theme. I think is the HP Pubcraft Love Crawl. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I feel Sorry, like this I forgot is forgot about that. This is a home run theme. <laughs> HP Pubcraft Love Crawl. I totally yeah. forgot about that. So we got to figure out a way. Now, one big bummer here is that Vaughn's is now closed.
1: Yeah, I feel like that is fine. Okay. That place was always too crowded anyway. and It, yeah. it was getting fucking expensive in the last couple of years. Yeah, we used to love true. it because
0: it was cheap. That's true.
1: It would, it, it would have been a good place if everyone stops off and gets a, like a dirty martini.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I mean, that would have been perfect get a $3 martini yeah and so that's that's what I want to talk about because we'll figure out the bars later. There's plenty of bars in downtown Seattle uh but we need to figure out what the theme of this overall pub crawl is going to be so it's h p Pubcraft love crawl i I, I assume we're gonna base this on Arkham horror yeah is that is that is that a good assumption yeah so, yeah yeah totally and and like anything that's nerdy, we should gamify this uh-huh so how are we gonna gamify this? How are we going to take the world of Arkham Horror and put it into downtown Seattle?
1: Interesting. Um, Well, I I would like to gamify it in a way that doesn't encourage binge drinking, Mm -hmm. because I think I'm beyond that. Yep. I've heard about. Have you heard about like the pub golf thing?
0: No. What's that?
1: It's like uh you do 9 holes, which are 9 different bars and you get one drink at each bar. Yeah. And you're trying to get a like the lowest amount of swings possible or strokes, whatever. Uh-huh. What do you call it in golf? Strokes. Strokes. Yep. So like each stroke is however many sips it takes you to finish. Oh no.
0: Beer. Yeah. Ugh. I hope yeah. all the beers are like Coors Light 69 or whatever. <laughs> Actually, that's my Reddit name. <laughs> That's my brewery name, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but I, I kind of like that idea. I mean, I, I like incorporating the idea of clue tokens because, like, clue tokens are like a part of you know. Yeah,
1: there should be like uh, there should be like some sort of riddle. Like, yeah. you get a printout, and there's some sort of like short story, who done it kind of riddle. Mm-hmm. But you can't un- you don't have enough pieces to the puzzle right until you get clue tokens. So like. Each one of these places you go to, you order a drink at each bar, uh-huh. you get one clue token.
0: See, I can't, yeah, I w- I would love that. Like you go, you have people there, you get a clue token and then whoever whoever can figure out the mystery that the fastest wins.
1: I'm sure you could go to the bartender. Yeah. Bar- bartenders just want money, right? Right. Uh, you say we're going to draw we're going to draw a small crowd mm-hmm. that will come periodically through here. They're going to be instructed to ask the bartender for a clue token. Right. And, and you just have them on like little cut up pieces of paper. Right. Just hand them this little piece of paper and that has a clue on it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah. like everyone says don't forget to tip your bartender or whatever.
0: Right. Well, it, or like you could do that. But I, I, when I think of a pub crawl, I think of like you're a group and you all show up at one pub together. You all leave together and you go to another pub. So it's kind of like a pub takeover. Mm. But what I like about the idea is that like you can go up to the bar and maybe order a special drink at each bar. So you could talk to the bars beforehand and say, hey, we're going to do this. Is there like a drink we could do that would be good? And then then you get a clue token with your drink. Or you find uh, whoever is posted up at that bar and they're like characters from Arkham Horror – And then you have to bring the drink over to them and they give you a clue token or something like that.
1: Yeah, but no one wants to post up at a bar and do this.
0: No, it's fine. They'll all be part of the group except when they're at their bar that they have to post up at. So then they'll find like a dark corner or something. (laughs) This will work. (laughs) Okay. So like Levi will be the detective at one bar. He'll He'll have a backpack with a trench coat in it. And then when he gets to his bar, he'll put on the trench coat and post up in the corner. And then he's okay. the guy who hands out the, the clue tokens at that bar.
1: Yeah, I get it. But he doesn't right. know what the clues are. They're in like a sealed bag or something. Yeah, so something like he...
0: Yeah, or and, and basically what we need to do is we need to be gearing up toward this ancient one arriving in Seattle.
1: But who knows only then I guess like only the creator knows the answer to the mystery, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah, someone has to put this right. all together.
0: Or like, our, you know, we could do it as a team. We could do it as a group. Uh and and figure that out. But we'll be the core team. We can't win. That makes sense.
1: Okay, so we're like the game
0: masters. Yeah, we're the game masters. Mm-hmm. So you're the you are the game master of our group. Oh, great. Right? I mean, you yeah. are like you could come up with a with an interesting thing to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just from a story perspective cuz you do this a lot for D&D.
1: Right. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, who's going to go to this, though?
0: This is the thing. We'll just post it on the forums and then see who signs up. We'll oh. have a better idea. There you go. There you go.
1: Well, uh, if we're going to do that, we're going to sell t-shirts. All right. Because I want to make money off of
0: this. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you don't need to go to nine bars. You can go to, like, four bars, and I think it's Oh, five.
1: no, definitely not. Nine is way too many. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I I really like this idea. I think that it, this could be a really fun thing. And there are some cool bars that are around there. I would kind of like the whole thing to end at Shorty's. Yeah, that's
1: a great place. It's to a good end distance.
0: It. A, it's a good distance away from the convention center, but you're going to want to hit some stops along the way because it's a little too far to just walk in one one fell swoop.
1: Well, I'm actually sold on this idea. I could put together a fun little mystery. I love
0: yes, storytelling. And I stuff. know you could, dude. You just need <laughs> to push. Yeah, I just need the push. You put together the story, and like that's the thing. Like we're we're I must gearing toward bay. we're basically just dis- dis- just gearing I toward Cthulhu coming to Seattle, mm-hmm. and we have to do what we can to prevent Cthulhu from coming to Seattle. Or now, something where it's like
1: going to end is uh-huh. a uh, midnight break in at the uh, Seattle Aquarium. <laughs> oh God!
0: <laughs> Stealing the octopus, and so then everyone gets arrested.
1: No, so we steal the octopus, and then um. We take care of it overnight and then throw it at Game and Tyco in the morning.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: Hit him smack smacking that bald head, A thousand tentacles mm-hmm.
0: wrapping around suction cups. It immediately turns into alien. Boop, boop,
1: boop, boop, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, and I think one thing we could do, which would be kind of fun, is that like, so Lovecraftian mythology. You're also the Lovecraft expert of the group, so, um, but Lovecraftian mythology. We have you know kind of code words or like ancient religions or cults that are all kind of secretive and clandestine so each of these bars could like have it's like a bar but then it's also on like a, under a clandestine or under the guise of another dimension once you enter this bar and know how to look at it in the right way oh, it becomes dude, a space. yeah
1: each each bar is its own dimension for sure yeah totally this is classic the, dimensional shambler yeah, they're dimensional territory.
0: portals each each bar is a dimensional portal
1: Oh, man, you could have fun with this. And, like, yes. each each bar you enter in, for part of the game, you have to behave differently.
0: Yeah, so you're in the Dreamlands. You're having a great time. Uh-huh. You're in Rillier? You're fucked.
1: <laughs> you have to pick a fight with a stranger.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: there's a star
0: spawn behind you. Yeah, there's it. a fucking star spawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too bad we can't do this with all of Seattle, because I would love to just hit all my favorite bars. Like, one would be the off. Like another one yeah, would be Cafe Moors. They're too damn spaced out. The other idea about this is we could try to do it in Ballard and see how that works out. Because Ballard, I feel like, would be a more fun environment to do it in.
1: Ballard would be more fun, but you're not going to get people. Yeah. If if you want anyone yeah. besides just our group of friends, it would be fun to do it just our group of friends too. Right. Well
0: then, they're, they're, dude, there's Ballard's seventy thousand not- people who are going to be at this thing. Yeah. When you can find twenty people to hang out at Ballard <laughs> for a night. I don't think that would be that hard.
1: Might even be twenty people from Ballard going to PAX. I don't know. Exactly.
0: I'll just post on r slash Ballard.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Post <laughs> it in like Seattle and stuff. r Seattle.
0: Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. I don't know. We'll figure it out, dude. But you do the thing. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll do a little write up and I'll put it on the forums. And let's let's get this push going. I think it'll be a fun thing to do. That'd be a Blanch lot of fun. All right, dude. Well, I'm excited. Um, and that, I think this is a perfect time to move into our break. Usually we do trivia, but I want to do something a little different tonight. And uh, I've been thinking up lately. You know, We've done a couple of posts so far that have been about uh, linguistics. We've done three so far, three three segments so far on linguistics, on the Geordies, on just weird words. And I think it's about time we, we take the ball to our own court. I've been thinking up some d- definitions of words that I would like to be able to – uh, to just articulate myself. Okay. So here's there's two definitions, Jesse, and I think we need to figure out what the actual meaning of these words should be. Okay, are you with me? So
1: we're we're getting the definitions, right?
0: Or we're just getting the word? I'm getting a diff. I'm going to give you a definition. We come up with the word. Because oh, okay, cool. These are some things that I've been musing on that are like there's there's really nothing. There's no word that I know of that can articulate this, but I'd like to I'd like to be able to articulate it.
1: Well, wow, this is really becoming like a segment in a f- like on the funnies page <laughs> of the newspaper.
0: It is. This is what we're slowly devolving into. Is just a, uh, that's this is what that's what we'll be doing when we're like 70 years old is just a yeah. segment on the funny pages.
1: Uh, we're going to get that sweet sweet dear Amy money.
0: Sweet, sweet funny page money.
1: <laughs> Funnies uh, <laughs> are money,
0: as they say in the newspaper biz. All right, so my first definition is when you know you will hate something in the future, but love it now. Oh, so the the thing that made me think about this was Gangnam Style. Okay, <laughs> because yeah. like when Gangnam Style first came out, I was so into it. I watched the video countless times. It gave me so much joy. But I knew in my heart of hearts that, like, in a year, I will not like this song. And that happens a lot with songs that I like. It's like, oh, I love this song so much. Like, right now, Robin Thicke, uh, Blurred Lines, like, that's a jam, dude. But I know in a year, that song's going to be worn out and I'm going to be tired of it. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah, yeah, totally. So that's, that's kind of what I want to start off. What is a good word for something that you love right now but you know that you will hate it in the future?
1: I'm gonna throw out pasaphilia. Okay. Like Passephilia.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like it's it's gonna be passe, but you're loving it.
0: I Actually really that's great, dude. You're using actual etymology. Well Passephilia. Plus it sounds a little risque. <laughs> yeah.
1: In some in some states it's still <laughs> illegal.
0: I was gonna say like hater like. Hater like. Hater like. So I like it now, but I'm going to hate it later. It puts <laughs> later, hate, and like all in the same word, hater-like. Yeah, hater-like is good. Good. Okay. And my second definition that I want to hit uh, is the the moment when you turn on a sports game and you immediately choose which side you will like, even though you have no stake in the game or no reason to like either team.
1: Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I do that a lot. It's like, I guess I like, uh, I'm liking the Royals.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. Oh, Royals. (laughs) Royals Tigers? Hmm, who should I root for here? (laughs) Yeah, this happens a lot during football season. Uh, Because like in Seattle, you know, you get the, what's called the late game, which starts at one o'clock here and four o'clock on the East Coast. But you wake up in the morning and at 10 a.m. they have a game playing.
1: Okay, I got one. I got a word. Uh,
0: Indifrenzy In frenzy I like, like it It's
1: like and frenzy together
0: I like it And it, and also like you kind of default to Indy as a team <laughs> Yeah Home of the Baldmove Tower
1: Yeah I gotta love them uh, cults
0: Yep Yeah I think it's C-U-L-T-S right
1: <laughs> Yeah exactly Hence uh, all the uh
0: Well you know Is there not like a cult cult Like isn't there not like a fan group called the cults C U L T S. Oh yeah, I mean it should be. Yeah, that's
1: what their fan should be called. The right. cult
0: cult. Yeah. The cult cult. Cult cult. Cult um, cult. <laughs> and in that spirit, I'm just going to call this cult cult. <laughs> this is cult cult. I'm I'm just having it. I'm just having a time. I'm figuring out which which cult team I like. I'm turning on a game. It's the Titans versus the Buccaneers, and I'm just going to pick a team. <laughs> Go Bucks! Fuck that up. Uh... <laughs> Hasselbeck, Jake
1: Locker, baby, Seattle. I don't born. care. I'm a Ducks guy through uh, and
0: through. Oh man, you—that's oh, uh, I can I cannot agree with you there.
1: I, I love uh, them. They're the Lannisters of the NCAA football.
0: Uh, I think there's plenty of other Lannisters. No
1: way. They Dude, got the money.
0: USC literally couldn't Lannisters. play in a bowl game for like two years. But they still, they still, you know, Reggie Bush and all that. Yeah, I don't know. Still, they don't they. Uh, I mean,
1: like, James Lannister has like gold plated mail and like a sword of pure gold because he's so rich. That's classic ducks. They, like, change their uh, uniforms, <laughs> their uniforms <up>. every week. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right.
0: So those are my two words. Uh, if you guys have a definition or words that would match these definitions, we have something you like now but you know you will hate later and then picking a team the moment you turn on the game even though you have no stake in it. If you have a good word for each of these definitions, please send it to us, arrogance at gmail.com.
1: Also send in if you have a definition and need of right. a
0: word. Oh, Totally. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, we need that. All right, Jesse, what's your second topo? Uh,
1: so my second topic is from uh, ScienceMag.org It's Science. Uh, among uh, primates and even perhaps including humans, uh, they believe that they've discovered the uh, biological reason behind monogamy. Oh, real? Yeah. The reason, you know, you shack up with one person. hmm And uh, they think it might be to protect infants from being killed by rival males. Yeah, that makes sense. A.K.A. infanticide. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, there's a bunch of, uh, well, actually only only 5% of species on Earth are monogamous. Uh Uh-huh. So it's kind of like an interesting trait that humans have.
0: Interesting. Um, And it's not something that primates have, right? Like there's like the alpha gorilla who just runs the whole show, right? Well, we'll get to that. Okay.
1: So other species that are monogamous. Ninety percent of bird species are monogamous. Uh huh. And they think it's because incubating an egg and feeding it is uh, basically a full time job. You know, for both parents. Okay,
0: so you're saying ninety percent of birds are monogamous, but only five percent of the animal population is monogamous.
1: Yeah. So. So this sounds sounds like includes
0: insects. Is what you're insects,
1: saying? Insects, fish, bacteria. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> this is like every living organism that's not a plant. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, But, you know, obviously in mammals, you don't have that need because the baby's not uh, being incubated in an egg. Right. And when it comes to milk production, I'm sorry, Russell Nisha, there's not much I can do for you. Yep. So, um, obviously, the bird model doesn't quite fit primates. But um, in the primate realm 27% of primate species are socially monogamous uh-huh which means basically once you have the kid you're hooked together as a right. as a pair it doesn't mean you don't have sex with other people ever but uh-huh. they're they're calling it socially monogamous right so the theories are behind this is that uh monogamy provides more effective parental care for infants yep as in birds um it prevents females from mating with r- rival males at all uh-huh. a yeah. seduce there. Or it protects against the risk of infanticide. And, yep. um, and, yeah, so infanticide, I guess, is very high among certain primate groups like chimpanzees and gorillas.
0: Dude, chimpanzees are fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, chimpanzees are murderous totally mobs. Insane, and they're like 300- had piles of nothing but sinuous muscle.
0: Yeah, and then people are like, oh, dude, I'll have one as a pet. No! No!
1: <laughs> Let's put his fingernails under your chin and tear your face off and laugh. Yeah,
0: literally, left to their own devices, they have murderous cannibal gangs that roam <laughs> the jungle. Okay, chimpanzees are fucking crazy. You don't want a <laughs> chimp. Yeah, gorillas, you know, possibly even worse. Yeah, but gorillas so, like you don't fuck with a gorilla cuz like that's the that's the thing about a chimp is like you don't think it's bad. You don't think it's that bad cuz it's like small, right? Mhm. I mean, I Have guess Have you ever it, seen a picture of a hairless chimpanzee? No.
1: Horrifying. <laughs> you would never think it's something cute and cuddly ever again if you saw that.
0: Yeah, but like gorillas are like something like that's like a lion. Like I'm not going to fuck with a gorilla. Cause like I know it's gonna destroy me, it's like a Siberian <laughs> tiger. Like you, like that's that's you. You expect that from a Siberian tiger because it's it's a killing machine. It needs the calories to survive because it's so fucking large. Yeah, and it doesn't like yeah. plants.
1: Well, that's what's interesting about gorillas is that like they're so big and they're like a hundred percent muscle and they eat leaves. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's like, like, like lions and tigers and shit—they're like bringing down gazelles and yeah. zebras and eating their flesh. You like gorillas,
0: get, you get to a certain size, and then plants are pretty much the only thing that you, you can, literally can't kill enough. You can't be a big <laughs> enough murderer to feed yourself. You have to just go to plants. <laughs>
1: That's true. I've never actually yeah. thought about that. Like yeah. if an elephant well, ate meat, it would right. have to be on a killing rampage 24-7. All
0: the time. It would be terrifying. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But um, so maybe it's a combination of all those three factors. But yeah. um,
0: this is the part that like I always had a problem with in The Lion King because we're talking about infanticide. You know, lions are, are a species that practice infanticide. Once a male lion challenges the male of the pride, the the alpha of the pride, and beats him, he then t- kills all of his cubs yeah. that are his offspring.
1: Right. Like, so this is where, like, monogamy is good, especially right. on the woman's part where it's like, you know, even if you beat up my boyfriend, I'm still not going to let you kill my kids.
0: Well, and this is the part that I've always had a, kind of a problem with in the, in the Lion King because when Scar takes over the pride, Null is toast, dude. Like, Nala should be dead, and he's lucky, Simba is lucky that he's alive. Really, Scar should have killed Simba, too. But in Animal Kingdom, Nala would be toast.
1: Yeah, who whose kid was Nala?
0: Really? I mean, he sh- she should have been Mufasa's kid as well. Like, they should be brother and sister, at least half-brother and half-sister.
1: But they're lovers.
0: Well, that's how the wow, Pride man. That's how The, the pride Lannisters works.
1: are running deep in this episode. But that's the thing, though. Scar <laughs> wouldn't kill her because... Uh, She's a girl, and yeah. p- could potentially become a mate later on. He would kill the boy. Oh
0: god, that's the other thing that you don't realize about Nala. She probably has a couple of cubs with Scar.
1: Uh. God, the Lion King. Yeah.
0: The Lion King just got so depressing.
1: Well, the Animal Kingdom is horrifying.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mur- <laughs> yeah, lots of murder happening.
1: But luckily, our uh, good friends, our homies, Homo sapiens, right. uh, got monogamous, and were like.
0: Let's stop killing each other and killing everyone's babies, please. Well, the other thing that's good about monogamy, and I don't know, I you know, this is obviously an instinctual thing that that humans do at least. But it's like if you have a kid, then you can split the duties in a more efficient way, right? Literally, the
1: diaper changing, the duties,
0: right? Exactly, the d du- o o d i e s, correct. Um, but if you have, have three people in the mix, then it gets kind of complicated. Yeah, so you just want to keep I mean, it to I've two. Seen
1: sister Wives, and it's just drama, drama,
0: drama. Just keep it to two. It's a lot of drama, and it's a lot of tank tops over t-shirts. So just leave it to two. What? <laughs> That's what they wear on Sister Wives. It's like tank shop, tank tops over shirts because they can't wear like tank tops by themselves.
3: Oh,
1: I did. I did not know that.
0: Now you're now it's all you're gonna see. You can't unsee that on Sister yeah. Wives.
1: Well, I've learned something from this. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, monogamy, it's for the better. It's what sets us apart from uh, the other 95% of right. the animal kingdom, except those uh, those birds who are on our level.
0: Well, it takes two, baby. Also, birds are basically dinosaurs, so they figured this shit out a long time ago. <laughs>
1: That's true. They have. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they know what's up. Uh <laughs> And also, let's not forget that, I mean, sure, they're like, well, since uh, humans don't have lay eggs, it's not necessarily that. It's like, okay, but having a baby is just like having an egg. I mean, it doesn't move. It doesn't hunt. It doesn't you know feed itself. You're going to be sitting on that egg, uh, hopefully not literally, but figuratively for quite a while.
0: Yeah. Well, I like it, dude. It takes two people, man. Two Mm -hmm. people. Just just double it up, two people, yeah, people it up, people, tandem bicycle of parents exactly. there you go uh all right let's uh, let's move on to my second topic this week it's actually coming off something that uh that Jacob DeFore posted on our Facebook thread. He said, board game funded by Kickstarter in the amount of $122,000 canceled <laughs> so, a year later. And that this... was almost my second topic. I'm glad I uh, found this uh, monogamy thing. Well, I actually had a different second topic until I learned some breaking news that came out today regarding this. So Whoa. first of all, you know, we were all waiting for this to happen in Kickstarter. Right. Some project to get a ton of money and to not deliver. The question here is, will this kill Kickstarter? Will this kill confidence in Kickstarter? You have a game, this this game, which is actually a Lovecraftian game, Lovecraftian themed game. Um, I think it's called Horror in Atlantic City. Yeah,
1: well, let's not forget that this is like the most fucked out concept ever. It's
0: Monopoly it's- meets Lovecraft.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, you could not be more, <laughs> oh my god, please don't do that. Like, this yeah. is such a stupid idea. Lovecraft is fucked out, and Monopoly right. is uber fucked out.
0: Well, it's, it's the doom that came to Atlantic City. The thing that really sold this was that you were going to get a bunch of miniatures, which is what sells every, like, giant Kickstarter game, is oh, miniatures. Really? Put some miniatures in it, and it makes over hundred grand. <laughs> uh, people love miniatures. Um, but yeah, so basically it's like a Monopoly board, and then they incorporated Lovecraftian elements into it. Um, And like we said, it made over $122,000, $122,874 on Kickstarter uh, over a year ago. Then this company, the forking path, which the forking path, it's basically the fucking path, right? They they suck because they quit on this game. After making one hundred twenty-two thousand dollars, they decided, "Oh yeah, we actually can't do this. There's some logistical stuff we didn't plan for, and now we can't deliver the game." One hundred twenty-two thousand dollars? Are you joking? Yeah. Like most board games on Kickstarter make somewhere between like five and ten thousand dollars. You got <laughs> one hundred twenty-two grand, and you can't deliver a game. Um, just really, really sad stuff. And the sad, the saddest part about this is that there are these two guys lee moyer and keith baker they're the designers of the game this is their baby they gave it to forking path to get this thing off the ground forking path took their took their good faith made one hundred twenty two thousand dollars, and then can't deliver on the product these guys are holding the bag uh you know from a from a fan perspective people are saying what the fuck and they're like we had nothing to do with this we were just the designers of the game and all we want is our game to hit the table and this company fucked us over I feel Um,
1: like uh, there could be definitely a
0: lawsuit here. Well, the problem is nowadays uh, when you put something on Kickstarter, there is now a provision that says all companies will make a good faith effort to fulfill all rewards offered in their Kickstarter. And that provision was not in place when the doom that came to Atlantic City went on Kickstarter. Oh. So, and I think there was actually some kind of risk thing that you would Sign up to when you posted your money saying that like you may not actually get your reward which there's gonna eventually there's gonna be a kickstarter lawsuit because people are paying for this stuff expecting something in return and when they don't get it i mean this is a model that pbs has used forever is like hey give us 75 dollars we give you a cd that's the kickstarter model and and if you don't get your cd then that is a fraud there's fraud in that transaction right um so anyway, uh, it's it's a real bummer because basically everybody who, who gave to this Kickstarter is getting any money for it, or they're they're not getting their money back. They said they're going to make every effort to give their money back, but if you already spent one hundred twenty two thousand dollars, how are you going to make another one hundred twenty two thousand dollars to give back to the people?
1: Yeah, like, that's not going to happen. It. Yeah,
0: um, it's really sad. It's a bummer, and and it's a type of thing that could potentially sink Kickstarter. So really I would think that Kickstarter would be the one who would step up to the plate and say, Hey, we're gonna refund all your money. Yeah, that would be a really good move on their part. It would be a good move, but actually instead of that uh happening, it hasn't happened yet at least, a company stepped up. Cryptozoic. They are a Oh right. They are a company that has put out they had an extremely successful Kickstarter campaign for a game called Hex, which made over a million dollars. It's an online TCG trading card game. Um, and it's like an MMO trading card game. It made over a million dollars. They've also made a lot of other games that are based on popular, uh, popular franchises. Like they, they made the walking dead card game and they made, uh, the, ba- the Batman Arkham city game. They're a board game purveyor and they saw all of this happening. And so they decided to step up to the plate and they're going to print the game. They're not only going to print the game, the doom that came to Atlantic city, Uh, giving these designers an opportunity for their game to actually hit the table like they were promised. Uh, But they're also going to give that game to everybody who backed the game at the level where they would receive a game. They're doing this at their own cost. Cryptozoic is stepping up and giving games away to these people, even though they have no stake in the game. Mm. Like, I think that that is amazing. Like, that kind of charity is an amazing, amazing thing that's happening in the board game world right now. Yeah, um, I, and, I mean, it's obviously all good press for Cryptozoic, but it's also going to come at a pretty substantial cost to them as well. Uh, but they basically said, you know, we got this; we have the infrastructure in place to to produce this game, and and we're also going to make the effort to not only sell this game to people, but we're also going to give the game away to everybody who backed at the level, even though we received no money for that. It's completely on our uh, pl- completely on our end. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and with that, Cryptozoic became one of my favorite game companies.
1: Yeah, that's a, That's a power move. Yeah, good for them. Huge. Until you know, flash forward eight months, and they're like, "Sorry guys, we're actually bankrupt right <laughs> now.
0: <laughs> we don't have any money.
1: We don't have any money." That was like, a, that was us basically
0: throwing the cards on the table and seeing what sticked. Yeah, and you know, even with that happening, I'm gonna give this game a chance. I mean, it is. A Monopoly port, but I doubt that it's roll and move. It's basically, I think what they tried to do is take a game that you could play on a Monopoly board and make it a, a fun experience. So I'll, I'll check it out, man. And uh, I, I just think Cryptozoic is awesome for doing this.
1: Yeah, that's cool, but it's going to take a lot for me to play a game on a Monopoly
0: board. <laughs> Even if it's not roll and move?
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to be... Pretty, pretty solidly convinced that's a good game.
0: Huh. All right. Well, they also have some other games out there. They got the DC deck building game. They got, of course, once again, the Walking Dead game. They have the Hobbit and Unexpected Journey board game. Um, They they do some stuff. They do they some get things. Around. They, they get around. Cryptozoic Entertainment, guys. Check them out and support them if you can because this is a company that's it's taking this thing they they decided, you know, they made over a million dollars in Kickstarter. I'm sure that there was a part of this that was like we don't want to see Kickstarter fail because of this great fuck up by this company. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna step in and we're gonna do something about it. Um, I kinda
1: don't think it would sink Kickstarter though.
0: No, but I think it might you you never know. You never it could know.
1: be a black stain, but yeah. yeah. I don't think it'd be I don't think it would uh fail their company.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's uh it's an interesting, interesting thing and and once again, fuck you, forking path. You really you really screwed the pooch.
1: <laughs> they kinda lived up to
0: their name though. They did. Right, they what really do you did. expect? <laughs> what You're do not you a expect? Fu- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's move on, guys. Ballroom network. Guys, breaking bad, final season's coming up very soon. You kickstarted it, you loved it. It's coming up very soon, and the guys are getting so stoked because they are champing at the bit to get back on that podcasting microphone. So that's coming up soon. Of course, we got the Because Show. Of course, we got Up Years Downstairs. And we got Personal Arrogance all on baldmove.com. Check out baldmove. Uh, and then please get in touch with us here. We are on Facebook. We have the Bald Move Facebook. We have the Personal Arrogance Facebook. We will be posting, once again, the Fantasy Football Link, Friday, noon Pacific time, on the personal arrogance facebook page go there sign up get one of those 14 slots and play with us all season it will be very fun um you can also write us an email personalarrogance at gmail.com you can send us a call and leave us a voicemail at 360-362-0024 you can follow us on twitter at personal podcast and you can always rate and review us on itunes we love it when you do that but of course if you like this podcast please tell a friend about it because friend to friend is the most friendliest thing you can friendly do
1: we need we need uh, rate and reviews on iTunes. So oh. if you haven't done that, you owe us. Do that. <laughs> five star
0: review. Five star, five star. Uh, okay, and uh, and that's that. So let's get to the Facebook roundup. Each week, we post a post on our Facebook page. Ask you what you want us to talk about on this week's show. We got a ton of responses this week, but it is great. First of all, Mitchell Netzer's having a baby. Congratulations. Having a baby.
1: Exciting, man. Nothing. Once you get on the other side of that fence, prepare for an entirely new world. (laughs) Nothing changes your life like having a baby.
0: A whole new world. That's what that Aladdin song was about. I think so.
1: I'm pretty sure she got knocked up on that magic carpet ride.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, He wants some geeky nursery ideas.
1: Tasha did a really cool – she like sewed a bunch of – like forest, like northwest forest animals, like raccoons uh-huh. and uh, like bears and uh, uh, moose and stuff like that. So I, I don't know if that's geeky. I guess you could do like – you could do like a cool mobile of like the Battle of Yavin 4.
0: Oh, absolutely. Get some – yeah. There's Well, there's also the, the Star Wars action figure bath set that you got that I got really jealous of. <laughs> It was like chewable bath toys for, <laughs> Chewable. <laughs> well, that's really what they are, right? They're so kids yeah, can chew them like but they can't soft swallow plastic, them, right? Like yeah. any bath toy. It's a chewable, not ceramic bath toys. It's a chewable toy of like Boba Fett and Darth Vader and Yoda and you can just Yeah. and it's bath time.
1: It was like it was uh, I think there's 10 of them. It was, it was a pretty good one. Yeah. I I'm, I'm just bummed out that they had a clone trooper instead of a storm trooper and they had a yeah. uh, lightsaber in Yoda's hand.
0: Well, you can't completely escape the prequels, and those are the movies that Russell Nisha will actually love. No, she will not. <laughs> All right, Dennis Kleinbeck says, the new animated Star Wars show, Rebels, which was revealed at Celebration Europe. Some artwork currently online, and it appears that the showrunners of Clone Wars are involved, which is a good thing, I guess. By the way, the Star Wars Celebration Europe was a blast. Dennis, you went to Star Wars Celebration, you didn't even like leave us a voicemail about it?
1: Yeah, what the hell, man?
0: I want to go so bad.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. I just want to say that uh, when uh, John O'Brien calls in for a second, I don't know if it's him or Dennis.
0: Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like Boston, Berlin, same thing. (laughs) Well, you know, John F. Kennedy, Ickben Berliner. Yeah, there you go. All right, Sam Golhamad, he says, hey, guys. With uh, with it being barbecue season, I want to know what food you look forward to most in the summer. I like barbecue marinated chicken with a bun and coleslaw. I love that sounds awesome. Yeah, I love barbecue with the coleslaw in the bun. So it's you use coleslaw as a condiment. Yeah, I think that's how he's doing it. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure. The other thing, you know, I'm just a big sausage fan. Yeah, Can I
1: know. Give me you sausage
0: are. fest in my uh, barbecue, and I'm happy.
1: I'm a I'm a steaks and burgers guy. I love cooking yep. steaks. I yeah, love we're cooking gonna do burgers.
0: We're gonna do some steak fajitas uh, tomorrow night. Barbecue steak fajitas.
1: Great. Um, yeah. That will be delicious for you. Yeah. It'll... I'm looking forward to uh, Aaron's.
0: Uh, oh yeah. World
1: famous pulled, pulled pork. pork man. Yeah. That guy can pull a pork like nobody's business. <laughs> I
0: don't think that's technically barbecue though. That's like crock pot.
1: It's crock pot, but there's barbecue sauce.
0: That's true. Actually, I
1: don't think he uses barbecue sauce. He's just that good.
0: He's just that good. He doesn't
1: rely on the crutch of barbecue sauce.
0: John O'Brien says, someone ran the numbers on the destruction of Man of Steel. At least 129,000 citizens of Metropolis were killed along with another 1 million injured and 250,000 missing. Those numbers are on the same level as the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Over $2 trillion in damage to the structures as well. Yeah, you know, this is the problem that most people... Zack Snyder probably should have left that out of the movie. I feel like okay. if you would have left that huge uh, destruction out of the movie that it would have uh, really eased the fears of, these, uh, of the nerds a lot. But the thing is, that much destruction, it totally opens up a campaign against Superman led by Lex Luthor, who may, who may be the new mayor of Metropolis, and also uh, a dude named Batman who hates killing. Yeah, that's a that's a classic uh,
1: superhero trope, like right. the the anti uh, superhero legislation because of their collateral damage, that kind of thing. Priscilla
0: Torres, she says, uh, have you seen any of the Netflix original series? Oranges is the New Black, Hemlock Grove, Arrested Development, or House of Cards? I've seen Oranges is the New Black. I've seen Arrested Development. I've seen House of Cards. I like them all. Arrested Development was what it was. House of Cards, I really enjoyed a lot, but Orange is the New Black, dude. That show fucking rules. It ends. The season finale is so good, and Lydia and I binge watched it in about a week. So yeah,
1: I uh, I was getting into it with the bald move guys over this. I don't like it. I like it. I like it okay. I like. I'll watch an episode, but I find it kind of boring. I think the episodes are too long. Hmm. I think the characters are kind of one dimensional. Uh, not yeah, very I relatable. I
0: feel like these these are some of the most um, complex female characters that have been in the same series in, like, any show. Like, uh, the thing that uh, – the criticism I heard about is that the male characters are very shallow and one-dimensional while the female characters are much more complex.
1: I find all the characters to be
0: very shallow. Interesting. Um,
1: too long I'll – I'll watch it, like – uh, my wife and I have been watching it but like I have to be doing something else at the same time or I
0: get bored yeah let's just I 80. think it's,
1: it's too fucking long man it shouldn't <laughs> be a, a real hour they should be 22 minutes there's a ton of fat that could be trimmed
0: well I really I really enjoyed it and I binge watched the hell out of it I loved it uh, Priscilla yeah. Torres says also how is this how is a Song of Ice and Fire series I threw the book number three across the room and haven't picked it up since broke my heart it's collecting lots of dust how are you
1: yeah. faring? I'm a, I'm five eighths of the way through a Game of Thrones, so I, I'm still just in the very beginning. Um, I've I've actually been exposed through the popular culture to a lot of spoilers, so I know what's uh, in yeah. store for a lot of these characters. So for good or for bad, I'm not forming an emotional attachments to anyone. But still, I mean. I was talking to Tasha. I was like, I don't know if I can handle another one of these books. I don't know if I have the <laughs> emotional fortitude because, like, fuck, man. Like, the first 400 pages are basically the, the Starks getting their pants pulled down and spanked hard. And it sucks because they're, like, nice people. Yeah. Well. And then it's just, like, the the shitty Lannisters, you know,
2: winning all shitty.
1: the battles, yep. uh, so to speak, and then Tyrion doing his own thing, which is why. You got a root for the Lannisters, you got a root for the bad guys, and you got a <laughs> root for the ducks.
0: Sounds like a good show. <laughs> all right, Levi Rekin says, have you guys heard about the Back to the Future Lego set coming out tomorrow? I know you guys aren't big Lego fans, but I know how much Eric one. loves him some Back to the Future. It's not the greatest representation of a DeLorean, but the set comes with Marty and Doc minifigures plus instructions to build all the versions of the DeLorean and an out of time. California license plate. Jesse's actually a big Lego fan.
1: Yeah, I love Legos. The first thing I did when I found out I was going to be a dad was I went and bought some Legos, which oh. was a little early. <laughs> yeah, Those and are not possibly approved. might have been for me as much as for uh, my unborn child. But yeah, I'm a huge I'm a huge Lego fan. I took a look at this. The DeLorean's a little funky. Mm-hmm. The best part of the set is like they have like the plates for yeah. like the in the, right. the console. Yeah. And it's got, like, the years, and it's, like, 88 you know, miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And the, the cool license plate. And the Marty McFly figure is
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah, I actually bought today, because it was on clearance in the uh, Mariner store, the Ichiro Lego minifigure. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really cool. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Um, uh, Edward. Eduardo Salas Mata says, Yeah, Jesse, I wanted to know why you hate Kevin Smith, and what would you guys do in a zombie apocalypse? I just think he's... I don't like
1: his movies that much. I, I don't think, think he's, he's overrated.
0: Yeah, I don't think his movies are as good as his podcast. And really, when I say podcast, I mean Fat Man on Batman, because I love Fat Man on Batman, but I can't really listen to any of his other stuff.
1: He's kind of whiny. I don't know. I just don't... He's, I don't like him. Well, he's just a rambler. He's a yeah, rambler. Yeah, he's a rambling man. He's got that... He's got that kind of like
0: stoner, talk-too-much yeah. kind of thing. He's a guy who smokes weed and then just starts talking forever.
1: Yeah, I get enough of that
0: at work. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we have uh, Jay Salerno. Oh, says, no, we
1: did. Zombie apocalypse. Oh, I'm, yeah. going, I'm going into the Olympic National Forest. I think I could oh. actually survive there. Yeah, get some elk. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're it fair it game now because the,
0: the government is pretty much done.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, And the goats. There's, there's yeah. wild you gotta uh,
0: watch out for those mountain goats though, because they will kill you, I
1: know they're pretty brutal, but i think I think if you if they kill you when you think that
0: they're harmless <laughs> if you are wary of them, they will not they well could then smell you're, your fear then and they, they're, they're smart afraid of
1: enough to not get killed by one, yeah. but
0: they that's could, what
1: I'm doing in a zombie
0: apocalypse they could smell your fear and they're afraid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jay Salerno <laughs> says, sperm whale aside, and this is not sperm whale o s o c It is sperm whale A-S-I-D-E, which I'm assuming is an aside about sperm whales. Oh, yeah. named. Uh, t- um, I don't is named really
1: have anything t- off the top of my head. My fantasy
0: football team is named after sperm whales. Check the Facebook page noon on Friday. Finally, Corey Kershaw posted a link to Card Hunter, which looks like a pretty cool game. Um, so, uh, check it out. Search for Card Hunter And get it up. Jesse, what is your first recommendation this week?
1: Okay, so I think I've recommended it before, but um, I got my PC going again. I've been uh, playing games off of Steam. I got Civ Five: Gods and Kings. Oh, yeah. And I'm freaking loving it. I forgot how much I love Civ. Really enjoying playing this and uh, if there were a bunch of like Civ players that were fans, it would be fun to do a little multiplayer. Maybe
0: a little bit of multiplayer, all right. Just my first rec is it's on Netflix right now. It's technically a stand up, but it's more just like Marvel and this guy's genius. Reggie Watts, why shit so crazy. Seattle Zone. It is so, so great. It's it's like just like a great experience. I Reggie Watts is like right on my level of humor. Like yeah. I feel like, you know, he, he plays off of like the greats of, of of old, but he this is like good, like random but hilarious stuff. Stream of consciousness, beautiful, with beatboxing. Reggie Watts, you're my hero. Watch his stand up, it's great. Reggie Watts, Why Shit So Crazy on Netflix.
1: So my seco reco is a little thing called goat cheese, speaking of uh, mountain goats. Yep. Dude, I got some Kirkland Signature Goat Cheese. Put that on my hamburger. (laughs) Delicious. Yeah. I made a hamburger today. Uh, Burger, onion, goat cheese, pesto, bun. What? Done. Delish. What? Yeah, put that pesto on that hamburger. You won't
0: regret it. Do it. All right. And then my psycho this week is once again, guys, Friday, noon, on our Facebook page. (laughs) Link to the fantasy football league. There's 14 spots. Pick up one of them. Play with us all season. It's going to be really fun. Aaron, Jim, Eric, Jesse, we're all here. Beat I us can't in believe fantasy. Jim's football. playing. Yeah, I love his t- his team name is anything but last.
1: <laughs> That's a good attitude. This, he doesn't know
0: dick about football. This might be another uh, word that we need to come up with. Is somebody who plays fantasy sports only for the draft and then doesn't manage their team afterward.
1: A draft dodger.
0: There you go. All right, guys. That's enough for this week. But until next time, remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay Stay arrogant. arrogant.